0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com. Brought to you by Porter Subs. You turn all your effort and energy towards what do we got to do to win? How do we got to play the game? You know, they're going to be well coached. I know that for sure. And, you know, it's a different style of play, different culture, they have different coaches. So uh, this is going to be a, you know, a big challenge. But, you know, this week we'll put the finishing touches on what we've been working on here in terms of trying to complete our roster and focus on ourselves here for another couple of days and then uh, really shift towards them next week.
1: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Well done there, Ari. Well done as you hear Coach McDaniels talking about week one game versus Denver and getting prepared for that. So funny, man. I Look, there's only 12 months out of the year, right? So you only get 12 opportunities to, to use the first of the month. My guy, and I've referenced him a few times this week, Zach Burke was a producer at my station, ESPN Central Texas. And we come into the show, it'd be the first of the month, and I just knew he'd start out with that intro, and it'd be something else. And all of a sudden I'd say, no first of the month? Oh, I forgot. I'll get it next time. Next time, that's next month. You only get 12 shots at it, and every month, every first of the month ain't going to start during the week. You know, so really, you're probably only going to get about nine. And he would, man, I'll try better next time. That's when I knew that he wasn't long for this business. (laughs) I was like, if you can't get it right on the first of the month, he's my guy. He's my brother from another mother. But, man, oh, man, he used to drive me crazy with that. I used to get on his helmet tough. But, again, he was also a youngster that was telling me that Bill Russell was the greatest basketball player to ever play, even though he never saw him play live. I'm not disputing how great Bill Russell was. I just don't think that you could tell me how great someone was as the greatest of all time if you never actually saw them play and the only thing you're going off of is highlights. That's just me. That's another conversation for another day. But that's, that was some of the beef that we had back at ESPN Central Texas. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, and then we'll jump into Raiders over-unders for the year. Uh, let's talk to our guy, Dwayne, calling out of Long Beach. Welcome to the show. All hey, right, hey. Saturday. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, Big Q? What's going on, man? Chillin', man. How you doing?
2: Oh, man, I'm doing good. Super out here delivering this, man. Shout out, man. i Raiders. But anyway, man, I want to say, man, we're going to go ahead and get 9 and 10 wins this year. Okay. And, and, and for me to go ahead to get Saturday 4 this weekend, for the football weekend, I'm going to Costco, getting a 40-pound 40 forty-pound box of chicken wings, some everyday hot links, and we're going to get ready for this season, baby. Let's do it. Raider Nation.
0: Hey, I'm on my way to Long Beach. <laughs> the hell with what I got going on this weekend. If he's going to get some chicken wings and some hot links and he going to go do all that, I'm going Hey, look, we're going to pack up the Cadillac, and we're riding out to Long Beach, baby. Vegas Jess, we got a road trip. <laughs> Let's get it. Man. That sounds good. And right now, I look out the window and I see rain, and I hear all this, uh, all this wind blowing, and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking about my man Dwayne, who's uh, chilling in Long Beach, about to have the the, the wings on point, the links on point. Woo! I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for that call, my man. I appreciate you. And he said nine to ten wins. I don't think that that's unrealistic. I really don't. I think that I think that nine should be the goal, right? At least, at least the goal. I'm not. That's not a, a playoff team, but. That should at least be the goal. That's, a three, that's three more wins than they had a season ago. That should at least be the goal. Now, just because it's a goal don't mean you're going to achieve it, but it should at least be the goal for the 2023 season. Thank you, Dwayne, for that call. I do appreciate you. Now now we're going to jump into Raider Over Under, and you can keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword r and So, Ari, go ahead and hit the music, man. What we're going to do, there was an article that I was reading from The Athletic. I, I like to check it out almost, I don't know, every day, if not twice a day. Uh, from Vic Taffer and Deshaun Reed, both been guests on the show many times. Raiders over unders, predicting stat lines for Josh Jacobs, Jimmy Garoppolo, and more. And so I thought that it would be fun to use the same categories. I'm not going to use the answers that they gave, obviously, and I do encourage you to go read the article for yourself on The Athletic. I'm not going to give the answers, but I'm going to give my answers. And what we're going to do is we're going to do it for the offense here. So if during the course of this you hear something and you're like, no, nah, that's not right, Q. Call me on it. Give us a call. Give us a text, whatever the case may be, and we'll get your feedback in. So it's just kind of having a little bit of fun on this Friday as we head into the weekend. So Ari's going to take over like he does for reason or excuse. He's going to hit us with the category, give us the context behind the category, and we're going to decide over under. So uh, Ari, take it away.
1: Top Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Uh, 3,000 passing yards, 19.5 passing touchdowns. And the reason for this, Garoppolo has averaged 235.9 passing yards and about one-and-a-half touchdowns per game over the last four seasons. Over that same stretch, he's been available for an average of 12.5 games per season, which would equate to 2,949 yards and 18.75 touchdowns.
0: Okay, so over-under right there, 3,000 passing yards and just about 20 touchdowns. Man, I'll say I feel like he has to go over 3,000, right? I feel like that that's – that's, you know, and I know, that that's, I know that that's pushing it because, again, I think the big stat there is he averages 12.5 per ga- games per season, so almost 13 games. That's the big key right there. I feel like he's got to play more than 13 games, and I think he has to go over 3,000 yards. So I'm going to say he's going to go over the 3,000 passing yards, and he'll get around 25 touchdowns. So over both of those, over 3,000 yards and over 20 touchdowns, I don't think Josh McDaniels and company brought him in to go – 2,949 yards and just about 19 touchdowns. So I'm rolling with over on that one. Go ahead with the next one.
1: All right. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 1,185 yards, 10 touchdowns, 40 receptions. Uh, So those are Jacobs' averages per year in his four NFL seasons.
0: Okay, okay. Um,
1: That's a good one.
0: Yeah, it is a good one. It's a really good one. 1,185 yards, that's just about right. I know he went with 1,600. I don't expect him to be a 1,600-yard back this season, not because he's not capable of doing it. I just think that there's more Zamir White this year. Um, I still think, though, he pushes 1,200. So I'm going to say he's going to go over that 1,185 yards. He's going to get 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns is about right, and 40 catches he had, what, 53 last year? So, yeah, I'm going to go – I'll go over that. I, I'll go over it as well. think that, again, it's not a 1,600-yard season. It's not, you know, 12, 13 touchdowns. But I do think 1,200 yards is in Josh Jacobs' uh, wheelhouse. only thing I hope is one of those 10 touchdowns he has or more is a receiving touchdown. He has not had a receiving touchdown in his career yet. I think he would like to check that box off. That's one that, to me, stands out. And that's just me being selfish. But, all right, there you go. So, I'm going over – Josh Jacobs, over 1,185 yards, 10 TDs, and 40 receptions. Again, doing a little Raiders over-under here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Let's Go ahead, Ari.
1: All right, some competition. Zamir White, 118 carries, 466 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, that is actually what Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber combined to produce in 2021, last time Jacobs had a true backup playing behind him. So uh, White had only 17 carries for 70 yards as a rookie last season.
0: Yeah, I'm going under. There's no way he goes from 17 mm. carries to 118. I just don't see that, especially with the words that Joshua Daniels said on Sunday when he met with us by way of Zoom. He didn't expect a much different workload for Josh Jacobs than he had last year. He carried the ball 343 times last year. So I don't see Zamir getting 118 carries. I think Zamir will get. The the majority and bulk of his carries in the first few games as Josh Jacobs tries to get reacclimated to NFL action. If he gets up there around 118 carries, either he's doing really really well or Josh Jacobs hasn't got up to speed yet, and that's not what the Raiders want. So I, I think I think he's definitely under 118 carries. Matter of fact, I'm looking at more around 75 carries, probably at max for uh, for Zamir White in uh, in year two of his NFL career.
1: All right. Let's take it downfield to Devontae Adams, 97.3 receptions, 1,244 yards, 11.9 touchdowns. Those are his averages over the last seven seasons since he became a feature part of the Green Bay Packers offense starting in 2016.
0: Okay, he had 1,500 yards receiving last year, 14 touchdowns and 100 catches. Um, I'm going to go over because I think he's going to be right around 100 catches again. I don't think he's going to be at 1,500 yards. I don't expect to see... Him be targeted down the field as much as he was a season ago, but he he's still a yak yard guy. All right, just because he catches a slant, don't mean that he can't rip off a fifty or sixty yard run. I mean, he's got those he's got those moves. He he's a great route runner. He finds a way to get open all the time. So I think he'll probably get around. I think he'll get about a hundred catches, around 13, 1,350 yards, and probably about anywhere from 12 to 15 touchdowns, uh, he's going to be targeted early and often. Jimmy G's already said that playing with Devontae, sometimes he just has to look back in, in awe mm. because he's so stinking good. So I'm going to go over that 97.3 catches, 1244 yards, and 11.9 touchdowns for Devontae Adams. Love it.
1: All right, uh, Michael Mayer, 44 receptions, 483 yards, and four touchdowns. I hope Jared Justice is listening right now. These are uh, Mayer's projected numbers from Jake Seely's fantasy cheat sheet.
0: Uh, I think he's under i I really do I think he's under the forty four catches I think he's under the four hundred and eighty three yards I don't know where his touchdown numbers are at though I do think that he's that's where i that's what i feel like he's going to be really used as as a as a red zone threat he's all obviously got to continue to improve his blocking and his blocking still you know still is a is is a is a struggle point so he's gonna to have to continue to to really work on his his blocking game but forty four catches to me feels like a lot for a rookie tight end, especially when I'm looking at Devontae having 100 catches. And, oh, by the way, you still have other miles of feed like Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, I, I don't think he gets 44 catches. I don't think he gets 483 yards. But I do think four or five touchdowns is def- definitely something he could achieve his rookie year. So I'm just going to go with the under on that one.
1: All right. And uh, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. He's number six, 69 and a half receptions, 684 yards, and 5.5 touchdowns. Uh, Those are his uh, Renfro's career averages over four NFL seasons.
0: Okay. I actually am going to go over on this one. I really am. And I just mentioned all the weapons and all the mouths that have to be fed in the receiver room. I think a healthy Hunter Renfro could just be just filthy in this offense. I really do. I feel like he can really thrive. What I saw, again, I like to go off what my eyes see, not what everyone else tells me, but what my eyes see and what my eyes saw in training camp was a dude who was basically dominating, right? He, he was a guy that was pretty unstoppable. And that's against the Niners in training camp. That's against the Rams in training camp. I just I feel like he has a chance to really be special. I thought he could be special last year. Now I'm not saying he's going to have 100 catches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I mean, 69 and a half, I'm looking at 75, 80, right? Maybe 700, 750 yards. So it's not a whole lot over, but I, I definitely believe that, that this is a 75 catch guy. And, and a 750-yard season type guy. I can see that easily. And five and a half touchdowns, I'll give him seven. I'll go, I'm just going to go all the way over. All the way up. <laughs> Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. I'm just going to go ahead and roll with that. So I'm going to go over with Hunter Renfro. So I went over with Jimmy G, over with Josh Jacobs, under with Zamir White, over with Devontae Adams, under with Michael Mayer, and over with Hunter Renfro. That was uh, that was my options right there. And if you're looking at Jimmy G, 3,000 passing yards, 19.5 passing touchdowns. Jacobs, 1,185 yards, 10 TDs and 40 catches. Zamir White, 118 carries, 466 yards and 4 TDs. Devontae Adams, 97.3 catches, uh, 1,244 yards and 11.9 touchdowns. Michael Mayer, 44 catches, 483 yards and 4 TDs. And Hunter Renfro, 69.5 receptions, 684 yards, 5.5 touchdowns. So what says you, Raider Nation? Those are my thoughts. What are yours? 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Ari, fantastic job. Thanks for that. We'll do the defensive side of things coming up at 4 o'clock. But let me go ahead and hit the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, first off, no, you guys didn't blow the As I got my earpiece in while listening to today's show, LOL. Yeah. That's good. As I mentioned before, I'm headed to L.A. this weekend prior to next weekend's week one. Gentlemen, my gut tells me that we'll make the postseason. Book it, Raider Nation. Let's make that money. Jimmy G will go over on passing yards, and Devontae will also go over on yards as well. Most importantly, my over is on Ari that he'll go to more than one pool party this Labor Day weekend. Sir Whiskey Ray. <laughs> well, you lost that one. He ain't going to go to no pool party. That's what he ain't going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Me and Zamir White. We're the <laughs> under.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys are the underdogs. You, Zamir White, and, and Michael Mayer hanging out together. You guys are the <laughs> underdogs. Me, I like
1: it. I like being I'm an, an underdog. overdog,
0: right? Look, if, if, if the, if the bet is 15, I'm going to give you 20. I don't care what it is. <laughs> That's just what I'm going to do. Right. That's just what I'm going to do. Got high
1: expectations. you got to meet them now. See, right. for someone like me as an underdog, you know, it just looks great no matter what.
0: No doubt. No doubt. My, <laughs> something like that. My <laughs> man Bill. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at R&R 920 AM at REproduces at your boy Q254. And he was talking about that Tampa Bay Raider game that I was talking about where the tight end got that catch and some fans lost his damn mind because he was on his fantasy team. He said that's also the game Charlie Gardner got hurt. Both him and Tim Brown got standing ovations, the only players on other team I ever seen that happen to in Oakland. And, yeah, I remember that game specifically because I remember being in the parking lot and, and uh, had both of my sons with us, and I was uh, – and a matter of fact, my oldest son, Kimani, was getting his face painted, and he was putting on a show in the parking lot. It was hilarious. He was – I mean, he's, he's definitely just like his daddy. He was putting on a show, right? He's out there dancing, getting his face painted and everything, and everybody was walking around. Don't let Tim Brown get his hundred touchdown catch today. Not today. Like, we love Tim Brown, but don't let him get that hundred touchdown catch. So that was, like, one of the themes going into the game. We were in the parking lot, man, just, you know, bar- barbecuing it up, doing whatever, tailgating it up, having a good old time. And then Tim Brown got his hundred touchdown catch. And then that's the same game that Phil Buchanan had a pick six. He took it to the house. And that's what I thought Phil Buchanan was going to be the dude. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's that guy. Oh, good old reliable number 31. And then he got hurt in a game at the Coliseum, a day game. I want to say it was against the Chargers, but I'm not 100% sure. Broke his wrist, and he was never, ever the same dude at all. So. I just got the emergency alert from the national weather thing. My my wrist is on fire right now. <laughs> my, my wrist is like, ah! It's just, yeah, man, I'm telling you, these alerts have been going off all day long. So if you got one on the radio, we apologize. But they keep on coming through fast and furious. So hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. 702-365-9200. com Text line 69187. Keyword r r If you want to hit us with the over-unders, what you thought about the segment that we just had, you could do that. Or... Final weekend before Raiders football. What is your overall gut feeling? Tell you about this upcoming season. How do you occupy your last weekend before Raider football returns? Got a couple texts I want to get to real quick. Snake Man said, I'm currently washing sheets, cleaning bathrooms, dusting and vacuuming because I'm gonna need some brownie points to get through the next few weeks. Thanks for keeping Top Jimmy on cue, LOL. P.S. Did you say McDaniels commented on his top gun escapade? If so, uh would love to hear that. That's Snake Man. And Snake Man, yeah, he did comment on what Jimmy did with the Top Gun moment, but it wasn't during the media session, Vinny actually asked the question after he was walking from away from the podium. So it's not recorded. So there's, we don't have any audio to play of that, but basically um, Vinny asked him, did you have any anxiety when Jimmy G was, you know, in the air going 1500 miles an hour? He said, no, I didn't have any anxiety, but he did. (laughs) So that was, that was his one liner. But I could imagine as a, you know, that's your starting quarterback. You might, you might have a little anxiety if he's up in, uh, I mean, you just don't know. Right. I mean, unless Jimmy just went up there and didn't think about it, Similar to what I did when I was riding in that little, that little plane that fit, you know, the three of us. Literally, it was, it was my man Phil, me, and the wife. We went from uh, Central Texas to Houston in a little small, tiny plane. I didn't think nothing of it at all. And then all of a sudden, everyone else was like, I can't believe that you did that. Vic Taylor, matter of fact, saw me at the game. It was like, did I see you were in a little plane on the way here? I was like, yeah, man, I took that plane. I can't believe that you did that. And then it's like at that moment, I, was, I thought, yeah maybe, maybe I, yeah, maybe that was a little bit of a risk. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until, until someone else pointed it out. So there's that. Uh, Cucamonga Raider said, Q, I can't talk wins and losses, and I don't want to because I don't want to jinx it. My gut tells me, though, we're going to have a little something in our neck this year, as you would say. We're going to be competitive. We're going to take advantage of our red zone trips, and we're not going to blow 20-point leads. On a side note, I already turned in my two-week notice to my wife for the football season. Oh, and big shout-out to the Raider fan off the 210 freeway in Upland. He just put a big old Raider flag. He just put up a big old Raider flag. So there you go. Cucamonga Raider right there. How awesome is that? I'm going to try that when the wife gets home. Hey, wife, I just want you to know I didn't put my two-week notice in. <laughs> Can you imagine when she's she going to look at me like I done lost my damn mind? It's
1: not going to work out well for
0: you. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going to be knocking on the door. All right. got extra room at the house, brother. Vegas, Jess, going to take that cat outside, man. I, I'm going to need to stay on the couch tonight. Sorry. Oh, man. I told the wife I'm putting a two-week notice in. She gave me an eviction notice. I put in my two weeks. She said, nah, you can go ahead and do it right now, like in true radio (laughs) fashion. In radio fashion, you put your two-week notice in, you get fired immediately. See ya. You're out of there. No need to come back. That's what they do every time. I actually, when I did that in Central Texas, when I put my two-week notice in, when I was on my way here, I literally thought I was going to get fired that day, so I wore my red polo. (laughs) Just so I could come in with some extra energy so I could absorb the hit when they say that. And they actually, because they were low on people, they actually gave me the option to stick around. I was like, Yeah, I'll stick around. It's cool. All right, well, we don't want to hear on the air every day that, you know, you're leaving this, that, and the other. I was like, No, nah, I ain't going to, I'll keep it professional. So they had to, they had to like give me all the different, you know, all the different little rules and regulations. Like, I got, I'm, how long I've been here? I ain't going to disrespect y'all like that. Plus, plus, I wasn't going across the street. It's not like I was going to a radio station in town, you know, so that, that was no big deal. I mean, me saying, Hey, I'm bouncing to go to Vegas. That's a different. That's a different ball game. So, but it, yeah, I was actually surprised. I thought I was prepared. I was fully prepared to have a two-week vacation, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. They worked me every day. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, we got a text from. Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. My gut feeling tells me that this team did enough to squeeze into the playoffs. That's why I put hundred dollars down on them in Reno to make the playoffs. This Labor Day weekend, I'll be hydrating, and get ready for Raiders football. That's from Raider Chavez. That's funny. He's going to be getting hydrated because he knows what's going on the rest of the uh, the football season. There, there's going to be some moments that he's going to need some hydration. I like it. I like it. Raider Chavez, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Keep those t- or the text. Keep those texts and calls coming. 702-365-9200, and the don't be Broke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. It is the final weekend before Raiders football. What's your overall gut feeling tell you about this upcoming season? And then, with it being the last weekend before football returns, how do you occupy your very last weekend? 69187, keyword r 702-365-9200. This is Raiders Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs 6-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of 3 made-to-order classic subs, made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day 6-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com.
2: We had a janitor cleaned our facility forever, and then he goes, I've got this play for it. And he kept telling me this over and over. Finally, I said, okay, here's a card, draw up the play. And he drew up the play, I go, dang, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> good. That's pretty good. We called the play just before halftime, and it scored. And he starts hitting his wife, and he's going, that's my play, that's my play. And she's going, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure it is.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary
1: Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: Andy Reid talking about where he got one of those play calls from the janitor. The janitor drew it up on a card, and he went and executed it in the game. And shout-out to the janitor for just being persistent and being persistent and being persistent and saying, hey, I got something for you. Even though, well, he probably was, you know, rejected multiple times, finally uh, gave it to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid came up with it, and boom, there you go. Or he didn't come up with it. He, He executed it, and the team scored a touchdown. So, of course they would, Right. Why wouldn't the Chiefs use a janitor's play play call off of a card and score a touchdown? Unbelievable! This is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We got Tyler Dragon from USA Today joining us at the uh, in just a few minutes at three thirty. Talk all things NFL action through the question out there. It's the final weekend before Raiders football. What does your overall gut feeling tell you about this upcoming season? And then as far as Labor Day goes, it's the weekend. It's a long weekend. How do you occupy that last weekend before? Raider football returns. Ravi, hit us up on Twitter, at your boy Q254, at Ari Produces, at R&R 920 AM. Q, if the Raiders win season opener in Denver, then I think that they'll get nine wins. But if they lose in Denver, then it'll be six wins or under. So this upcoming game is a very, very important one for everybody. So that's uh, Ravi right there on Twitter. And, again, I think that that, that first game is important, too. You just got to get off to a good start, man. You really do. You know, it's, it's – it's, You want to obviously build up and be peaking at the right time so you you have momentum going into the playoffs. But, man, you don't want to start out 0-1, 0-2, 0-3, right? You want to be able to start out there with a a high, man. Get that victory right out the the gates. Get everyone believing in what they're doing. Believe the guys around them. They have to trust each other, right? They built it up in training camp. They built it up in preseason, but they haven't gone and executed in a real game yet. So you go out there, especially on the road, against a team that wanted you, you go out there and you, you win that game, then, yeah, then there's some really good things that could happen. So I'm, I'm with that. I like that. Raider Julian 81, hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, Q, Ari, I'll be spending my weekend going to the 50 Cent show. So apparently 50 Cent has a show. Uh, let's see. It's Shoreline Amp. Is that in the Bay? Oh, it is. Yeah, I've, I ain't been to the Shoreline amphitheater in a long time. Last time I went to Shoreline Amphitheater, I said like, "Oh, dude, last time I no, but last time I went to the Shoreline Amphitheater, they were still doing Summer Jam there, and I think Summer Jam at that point had been narrowed down to one day instead of two. When I first started going to Summer Jam, it was two days, and no, it was two days. It was it was Saturday and Sunday. You we had tickets to both days because both shows were not the exact same." You never knew what you were going to see. Not to mention the girls. There was going to be different girls there, so you want to make sure you're there at both both days. But uh, then, it, it you know the food fights they used to have out there on the on the grass uh, that that started getting crazy. And the last time I went, no joke, last time I went to Summer Jam, it was when Hyphy was really big, right? And E40 was on stage performing, and everybody lost their damn mind. We were close to the stage, and everybody. Started fighting. It was a big old huge fight. And E-40 said something to the point of, hey, man, I'm on stage, you know, and all this and tried to get everyone under control. Didn't work. Everyone lost their damn mind. And then, and then we were leaving the concert, and we were just walking. You know, you're walking by the, the concession stands. You're on your way to the parking lot. And I'll tell you right now, it was me and a couple buddies. I look up, and I see a bunch of cats running. I didn't ask no questions. I didn't wait for no anything. I just took off. My boy was like, why are you running? Shut your ass up. Let's go. I don't know why we running, but we running. I ain't going to be the one that you find out why later. <laughs> right? I was always taught if they running, you running. <laughs> if they getting out of here, guess what? you getting out of here. That was the last time I ever went to Summer Jam at the Shoreline Amphitheater. Then they, they moved it to the Concord Pavilion, and I went there once. Matter of fact, when I was working at Q97 in Fresno, I went there. to uh, We did a, a, a trip. We sent a, a busload of people to the Conquer Pavilion to Summer Jam and it was so damn hot, and they ran out of water. It was a matter of fact, my son Kimani was with me. That was my road dog. Kimani would go everywhere with me. He had no business being at these concerts, but he was there with me. And we went out there, and it was so damn hot, so hot. And there was no water to be seen. They had ran out of water. And so that was the last time we did that. I remember riding that bus back, and I think I lost about 12 pounds just standing out there in that, uh, in that heat. But Yeah, that was a good concert. Those are always great shows. So, okay, 50 Cent is going to be at the Shoreline Amphitheater. Will you have a good time at this show, man? And that's one of the questions that I threw out there to you. How do you occupy your last weekend before Raider football returns? And since it is the last weekend, what's your overall gut feeling tell you about this upcoming season? You know what the team looks like for the most part. There could be a tweak here or there. But you know what the offensive line looks like. You know what the defense, the makeup of the defense. You know Josh Jacobs is back. I mean, we just went through the whole offensive side of things. With that being said, with that kind of knowledge, how do you think that this team is going to do? Just your gut feeling is what I'm looking for. 69187, keyword R&R, so don'tbebroke.com. Text line. Join us now on the phone lines from USA Today Sports is our good friend Tyler Dragon. And, Tyler, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. And, my man, it's the last weekend before the throttle, the full throttle of the NFL season. What is, what is Tyler Dragon doing? How are you occupying this weekend? <laughs>
2: Well, I'm going to enjoy some uh, free time where there's no NFL football, maybe go to the beach on this holiday weekend a little bit and just gear up for what should be a very exciting uh, NFL season. I honestly can't wait. This is uh, one of the most anticipated seasons uh, that I've been covering NFL for a while, and I can't wait for the
0: season to get underway. When does it hit you that, okay, yeah, the NFL season is actually back?
2: Oh man! Really, as a reporter, it hits me uh, during training camp because that's (laughs) where a lot of the uh, the grind gets underway uh, during training camp for real, for real. But then uh, after a while, after about two two weeks, you kind of get ready for uh, the regular season to begin because training camp can be kind of monotonous every now and then. So uh, I'm definitely ready for nfl football real games to get underway
0: yeah no i am as well and like i said i'm going to take this last weekend to kind of enjoy it as well kind of enjoy a little bit of time off and then boom there we go full throttle into the nfl season well speaking of that you're there in arizona the, the cardinals they moved on from colt mccoy uh they brought in josh dobbs of course Kyler murray's on the pup list what are the cardinals doing man what, what, what's the plan what's the end all be all goal for the cardinals this season
2: Man, uh, they are in full build rebuild mode right now, full-blown rebuild mode. I mean, you look at their entire roster, and they probably have the least talented roster in the National Football League. And I think uh, it's almost by design, and they're angling for the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. And not to mention, they have the Houston Texans. um number one pick in uh, next year's draft. So they could end up with the top two picks in the NFL draft or two of the top three picks. Wow. And we all know that there are a lot of good players uh, that I'm going to be available for the picking, especially at the top, uh, uh, next year's draft So I think the Cardinals are in full build Rebuild mode and they're going to be Angling for uh, the upcoming draft Because you look at their entire roster From top to bottom, they just don't have The talent to compete
0: So with that being said, and we've we've heard Many different reports that this Kyler Murray contract Is very tradable, like he's a guy that they Absolutely can move, do you think That Kyler Murray's done in Arizona and that they'll go With the Caleb Williams or a Drake May moving forward?
2: Uh, you know there's still time to make that decision, but I I would lean towards Kyler Murray uh, being traded next fall season if, if it were uh, up to me, in my opinion. To me, when you have Caleb Williams out of USC, uh, who's the consensus best quarterback available in uh, next year's draft, I would probably try to draft him. He's a taller quarterback, um, just as athletic. And then... He, you know, you might have the second or third overall pick, and you can get a maybe a wide receiver like Marvin Harrison Oof, Jr. Geez. out of Ohio State. So that that's not a bad rebuild reset right there for the Arizona Cardinals. If you're able to get two players of that caliber in next year's draft, and not to mention if you end up parting ways with Kyler Murray, you might even get another first round draft pick out of that deal. So the Cardinals, yes, this year they're. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of bad football on the uh, gridiron in Arizona this year, but maybe next year, the year after that, they could be a, a lot more competitive.
0: Again, Tyler Dragon from USA Today is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, who's going to show up first for their team, Chris Jones in Kansas City or Nick Bosa in San Francisco?
2: Oh, man, that that's a, a really good question. I would say Nick Bosa. Those contract talks uh, seem to be a little bit more on the positive side. Um, Not to mention, Nick Bosa's agent also represents Joe Burrow as well. So he's about to get two of his clients paid uh, big time, hopefully, this offseason. But I would say Nick Bosa right now. But Chris Jones, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs ended up signing him before the start of the regular season or very. Early into the regular season, because he's the best player by far on Kansas City's defense, and they do not win a Super Bowl with, with him out, and on, not until. On
0: you know, and the thing about it, when it comes to Chris Jones, is you know he said that he's willing to sit out and be out to like week eight, and and I'm with you. I think that Chris Jones not being in Kansas City is a really big deal. At what point do you think that they they say okay, we're gonna you know we're gonna get you in in here? but it's not going to be an Aaron Donald money like what kind of what kind of contract do you think that he's willing to accept
2: well he wants to be paid Aaron Donald type right. money and maybe exceed that and right. i think uh once Kansas City and Chris Jones get to the table again they need to have an honest type conversation and maybe meet somewhere in the middle i don't believe that is north of Aaron Donald's uh, contract i think it's a little bit under that maybe around that 27 26 maybe $28 um, million dollars per year. Aaron Donald, he's an anomaly. He's the best defensive tackle, not only in NFL. He might be the best defensive tackle in NFL history. Chris Jones is very good. Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. But he's not no Aaron Donald. Let's <laughs> not get it twisted. So I, I believe Chris Jones should probably – maybe negotiate a little bit under Aaron Donald's uh, pay scale. And there's nothing wrong with that. Twenty six right. to twenty eight million dollars a year for defensive tackle, that's big time tight money.
0: Yeah, it really is. And he's actually scheduled to make nineteen million this year. So I mean, you know, <laughs> let's not let's not forget he's got a pretty nice little price on his uh, contract this year on his salary. Again, Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You mentioned Joe Burrow. He's back practicing. I don't know if he's gonna play week one or not, but if you're Joe Burrow and you've had this calf scare, are you out there even practicing right now without that contract extension?
2: Man. So this is a tricky one because Joe Burrow wants to be out there. He knows that he's missed a, a large portion of the offseason uh, in year one and year two going into uh, his career. So he he wants to get those reps, get that continuity with his teammates and get off to the right start early on in the season now if I, I am no girl in this agent I kind of err on the side of caution and maybe take half of the reps and not the, all, all the first team reps considering my contract situation but they seem to be optimistic that a contract is going to get done uh, sooner rather than later in Cincinnati my solicitor telling me so I I, I Get wise fans don't want Joe Burrow to be out there. They don't want him to re-aggravate that calf injury or um, hopefully not even get injured uh, another injury. But Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow seems to be confident that the Bengals are going to take care of them sooner rather than later.
0: What about the situation in Seattle with Jamal Adams? Uh, Pete Carroll's come out and said he's not going to play week one. I was a guy, I'm not going to lie, I was a guy that I was pounding the table thinking, man, the Raiders need to go try to get Jamal Adams from the Jets because he's an alpha dog and he's got winner's traits. And this I said everything and anything. And it, obviously the Raiders didn't get him, Seattle did. Is that not the worst trades? I mean, do you not look back at that and say, man, that was a terrible trade for Seattle because it just has not worked out for Jamal?
2: Yeah man, it, it, it's been a bad trade, but you have to look. Yeah, Seattle has kind of replenished their defense pretty well, even with the bad trade in Jamal Adams. You have, you know, Sean, uh, Jay Diggs back there. You um, draft uh, Devin Witherspoon. You have uh, Michael Jackson, Trade Brown, uh, Rick Woolen back there at the secondary. So they've kind of replenished that secondary. It's not the Legion of Boom. They wanted Jamal Adams to kind of usher in the new era of the uh, Seahawks, especially in that secondary, So it was a bad trade, to answer your question. But I don't think the Seahawks are really regretting it too much because they have a lot of young talent on the defensive side of the football, even with Jamal Adams not on the field.
0: I'll tell you what, that was a big miss on my part, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm not a GM. That's why I'm just a radio guy and not a GM because, yeah, I'd have pulled the trigger and, and everyone would have been mad at me. I'd have been fired. they had to fired me uh, with that deal right there. Well, the news that we found out today, Tyler, uh, Mike Evans, him and his agent have put on a, a date of September 9th, which is next Saturday to get a contract extension done or else they're shutting it down for the rest of the year. Uh, he's, what, year 10 now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's very under the radar. Not, not enough people talk about Mike Evans, but – How do you see this situation playing out? Do you think he gets a contract extension before that deadline? I don't
2: think he is going to get a contract extension, and that's not a knock on Mike Evans. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL, um, Mm -hmm. probably the best receiver still on Tampa Bay's roster. But when you look at that team, they're headed towards another rebuild too. And I would say, if I'm Mike Evans, why would I want to be in Tampa Bay for the latter portion of my career if they're going to be on the rebuild and they're not going to be able to play winning football this season, next season, (laughs) in the next few years when you look at the way their roster is set up and their contract situation. So if I'm Mike Evans, I play out this year, and then I try to look for another team uh, next year. But I don't see them be able to get a contract extension before that
0: deadline. I'll tell you what, man, he is a really, really good player. I remember when he was at Texas A&M, and he really helped Johnny Manziel be who Johnny Manziel was. And I just feel like not enough people talk about Mike Evans, and he's been consistently really good his whole career. So I'll stay there in Tampa Bay. What what do you think? Baker Mayfield's getting the start there. What do you think he's going to do this year, and is he going to finish the season? He'll start the season. Will he finish the season?
2: (laughs) They might be. The worst team in the NFC South. <laughs> wow! See, I look at that uh, situation. And I look at uh, all the teams in the South, and no one has to Baker Mayfield, make but he might be the third best quarterback in the division, and that could be at nicely. He could be the worst. <laughs> but mm-hmm. when Tampa Bay, ever since Tom Brady's retirement, it kind of signaled that they were in a rebuild, and you look at with their talent level set up. It's not that good. Now, the silver lining with the Buccaneers and Buccaneers fans is that the NFC South isn't that good. And the best quarterback in the division is their part. Probably yeah. the best team in that division is the Saints. And, but the Saints, they're not world beaters either. And neither is any of that team in that division. Now, I can see uh, nine wins winning the NFC South. You look at the Atlanta Falcons, they seem to be on the up and up, but Nobody really fears them. The Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young quarterback, a young team, developing team. So the Bucks, they can be competitive in that division, but I do believe the Saints are going to win, it and the Bucks are going to be trying to get be a 500 football team.
0: All right, Tyler, we'll close out with this. You mentioned Bryce Young. He's, uh, he's obviously the rookie quarterback, number one overall pick by the Carolina Panthers. Anthony Richardson is in Indianapolis with the Colts. C.J. Stroud in Houston with, uh, with the Texans. And then Will Levis is in Tennessee with the Titans, and I don't know when he's going to get in some action. The other three have been named starters already. Out of those four guys, those rookie quarterback, uh, who do you think will end up being the, the, the best quarterback, and who do you think will play best this year?
2: Bryce Young is one of my rookie of the year candidates, so okay. I have to pick him. I like what the Panthers did around him. Now, if they can get that offensive line to jail and get some continuity up front, I think Bryce Young is going to have a very fine year. Yes, Miles Sanders in the backfield, Adam Thielen, uh, DJ Chark, and then you got Jonathan Mingo, who has had an excellent uh, preseason. He could end up being the Panthers' number one receiving target by the uh, time the year is up. And you have a pretty uh, stout defense as well. So I do like what the Carolina Panthers did this offseason to build around Bryce Young, and I think they're set up for success not only in the short term but the long term.
0: There you go. Good stuff as always, my man. I know you're going to the beach this weekend, or maybe you're going to the beach this weekend, but what are you writing about? Uh, What are you working on before you head out for the weekend?
2: Yeah, so I just wrote about uh, the Raiders' rival, the uh, LA Chargers, uh, this week. I got an exclusive interview with uh, Brandon Stale. You're gracious enough to uh, talk to me. And uh, that article is out on com right now. So definitely uh, check that out. It's about his conversation with Steve Curtis all season and what he learned uh, about that conversation and how he's preparing for uh, this uh, upcoming season. And also, me and all my colleagues at USA Today, we have our uh, NFL picks out. Not only uh, week one picks, but our picks for Rookie of the Year, MVP, and our Super Bowl picks. So uh, it's our way-too-early picks that are already officially out on USA Today.com, so check that out on our website as well.
0: Nice. You guys are ahead of the curve. That's what you're doing. And USA Today is handling their business. I like that. Well, Tyler, fantastic stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Enjoy your final weekend before football gets underway, and we'll be talking soon.
2: Of course. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later.
0: All right, my man. There he goes. Tyler Dragon, fantastic stuff. USA Today on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. That's man, he's got the he's got already the MVPs. The rookie of the uh, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. I thought about that for today's show, but I was like, you know what? The first game of the year is not till next Thursday. That's when, uh, you know, that's when the Chiefs and the Lions square up with each other. So we'll do it next week. We'll do ours next week. Not, uh not, not, not today. But hey, hats off to Tyler for getting ahead of the curve like that. And I, I saw that article that he wrote about Brandon Staley after that blowout loss, or, well, they were up there. Actually, they were blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they collapsed, and they lost that game after being up 27 nothing. He had a conversation with Steve Kerr, and so Tyler wrote about that. And uh, I'm interested to, I'm interested to read what he thought and what he learned from Steve Kerr uh, because Steve Kerr obviously has multiple championships as the not only head coach of the Warriors, but also he won with the Bulls as well. So that's something that I'll definitely pay attention to. 345 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get to some texts, we'll get to some calls, we'll close out hour number two, just like that. Straight Nation radio 920. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll do the Raiders over-under based off the article that's in The Athletic from Tashawn Reed and Vic Taffer. This one, we're going to talk about the defensive side of things. We went over the offense in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll go over the defense coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Of course, the Don'tBeBroke.com text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. been throwing out the question there to you. Uh, it's the final weekend before Raider football gets going. What's your overall gut feeling to tell you about this upcoming season? And also... It's Labor Day weekend, baby. It's your last weekend before the football season gets going. How do you occupy that last weekend? Let us know about it. Again, 69187, keyword r and 702-365-9200. Q and Ari, this is from El Paso Raider. I'll be spending as much time with my kids and wife. Wife knows it's hibernation time in my cave. Don't bother me till mid-February, LOL. I think my Raiders got a shot to win 8 to 11 games as long as everyone is on the same page and executing, coach included, El Paso Raider. Have fun. God bless. So there you go. El Paso Raider says anywhere from 8 to 11 wins, and it's hibernation mode, right? It's basically, hey, kiss the wife, kiss the kids, see you in February, right? I'll tell you right now, the wife, she, always, she prepares herself. She knows what time it is. She always, when training camp happens, she already knows, like, okay, here it goes. Uh, the next few months of my life are going to be the loneliest months because he's going to be busy working all the time, which is not wrong. It's not, you know, and, and we love it. We do what we do, but it's, it's reality. And it's so funny, our anniversary is in October, October 20th, which who gets married in football season? I say it all the time, but, I mean, she told me she told me the date, and I just had to show up, right? So, if <laughs> she told me the date, and if I didn't show up, it was a wrap. So, you know, I didn't have too many options. So I just had went ahead and roll with it, but. We actually celebrate our anniversary in like June or July or whatever, just like when we went to Hawaii last year for our anniversary. We went to Hawaii with the kids this year, but that's when we do things. For the first couple years that we were married, it was great. The Raiders, for some reason, always had a bye week that same week. It was was really weird. I don't know how that happened, but for like the first couple years, it always landed on a, a bye week, so we were good. But as of late, it's just like, yeah, I'll see you in June. It's all good. So, <laughs> so when, we were, when we were in Hawaii the first time we went last year for our, our, our anniversary, and some people were talking to us, they're like, oh, are you guys, you know, what do you guys come here for? And the wife's like, oh, we're celebrating our anniversary. And said, oh, oh, our anniversary is in June too. What about yours? And she's like, no, ours is October 20th. <laughs> but it's football season, so I can't get his attention in football season. So that's just the harsh reality. That's what it is, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, hey, look, football season's football season. I had a guy one time. This is before I was doing any kind of sports radio or anything. I, I was still living in Fresno at the time. I was watching the game, and some guy came knocking, You know, guys knocking at the door trying to sell stuff. But it's Sunday, right? And it's right during the Raider game. So there was a knock at the door, and I ignored it because I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to uh, trying to go answer the door. I, I knew I didn't have no company coming, so it couldn't have been anything for me positive. So uh, my son was like, "Dad, someone's knocking at the door," and I was like, "Well, you go check it. You go on it. You know, you go get the get the door." He's like, "All right." So he gets the door, and you hear some guy saying, "Oh, hey, is your dad?" I was like, "No, we don't want any. It's football season!" And man, that boy slammed the door on that man's face. <laughs> it's
1: a life lesson.
0: <laughs> that man, that man was like, "Damn, this little kid just slammed the door on my face!" As soon as I heard him say that, "Oh, hey, is your no, no? It's football season. We don't want none. Raider game's on." And man, he slammed that door, and it was hilarious. One other time, when I was uh, when I was living in uh, in Fresno, my younger son, uh, little Q, he was. He, we were watching the game together, and it was the Steelers. The Raiders were playing the Steelers. Funniest thing ever. The next-door apartment was a Steeler fan. Cool guy. Dude was cooler than the other side of the pillow. But he was a Steelers fan. So while the game was going on, and it was that it was the uh, Bruce Grykowski game. It was the one where it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The Raiders eventually won that game. But it was a battle, right, all the way to the end. So I, I would say, like, something would happen, and I'd yell out. And then something, the Steelers would do something, and he'd yell out. We could literally hear him. So then I got funny, and I was like, well, next time the Raiders do something, I'm going to pound on the, the wall. So I did. So then they did something, and he pounded on the wall back. So then my son's like, hey, I want to get involved in it. So the Raiders did something, and my son went, da 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 He beat the hell out of the wall, man. I looked at the wall later, and there was all kind of little handprints on the wall, and, but it was all good. It was just, I mean, that's just what you do. Right, And so after the game, like I said, the Raiders won that game, so we went outside and we started talking. We were laughing about the situation. He said, man, my wife is so mad at me for putting my hands on the wall. And I was like, man, I'll tell you right now, uh, the, the, the walls are pretty jacked up in our house too. <laughs> but that's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. It's football season. So that's how it goes down. So let us hear from you, man. 69187, keyword r seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let us know what you're doing this Labor Day weekend and what's your gut feeling when it comes to the silver and black. Now that you know the hay's in the barn, you know what the team looks like. The next thing up is game on September 10th against the Denver Broncos. How do you feel the Raiders are going to do? Let us know about it. Hour number three is on the way. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.